Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Ask a Professional radio show with Phelps Health. I'm Kayla Marsala, co-hosting with Paige Heitman. Good morning. Today, we are talking with Sylvester Yulo, an orthopedic surgeon at Phelps Health. Welcome back, Dr. Yulo. Thank you. Always glad to be here. <laughs> to kick us off today, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, maybe kind of outside of healthcare? Oh, I'm an old man. We're just talking about being old, but um, I grew up in West Africa, moved to the United States years ago, and then came to, uh, came to Phelps Health. Grew up in a small town, so I like small town. So came here to practice medicine in a small town. Um, I have a wife and three kids. Actually, my daughter's birthday is today. My uh, middle daughter's birthday is today. Oh, well, happy birthday to her. Thank you. <laughs> Here's thank her shout-out. She's probably not listening, though. She's probably not listening. <laughs> <laughs> well, Feltzell is very lucky to have you. Um, today, we're going to talk about what to do when you have a torn meniscus in your knee. So first, what is a meniscus? Well, so the, um, the show is about meniscus today. So first of all, you have to know what a meniscus is. If you haven't heard the word meniscus, you will hear it sometime in your life. Either you know somebody that had a meniscus problem, you will have one, or maybe your child will. So th this, is, this is a very important topic. In fact, one of the most common surgeries that is performed around the world is meniscus surgery. So, so let's give me a couple of minutes, and um, I'll try to make it as simple as I can. Because if you know what a meniscus is, and if you heard somebody how to tone meniscus, at least you have an idea. So, so just, just follow my logic. Um, so the knee, the knee, the meniscus is inside the knee. And think about the knee, make two fists. So one fist on the left side, one fist on the right side, and bring your knuckles together. And then take one of each fist, one of them is the end of your thigh bone, and the other end is the end of your shin bone. So the shin bone and the thigh bone sit together. Now, imagine between the shin and the thigh bone, you have a donut. Okay, you put a donut between them. That donut is the meniscus. So the donut sits between the thigh bone and shin bone. So the meniscus is like, is like that. Now, I love food, so just follow me. Imagine that donut. It's not a size of a donut. It's not that thick. It's a pancake. So it's a donut that looks like a pancake, but it sits between your thigh bone and, and your shin bone. That's what the meniscus actually looks like. It's small that way. In fact, the size of it, the thickness of the meniscus is about 5 millimeters in thickness. The width of it, the width of the meniscus is about 10 millimeters. But it is a, an important part of the knee. It says as a shock absorber for the knee. Now you are, you are asking, why do you need a shock absorber in your knee? Well, the end of your thigh bone is covered with a layer. Okay, and the end of your shin bone is covered with a layer. That layer is important. That layer is called cartilage. If you lose that layer, you have arthritis. And, and you don't want those layers banking together too hard. So the meniscus is in there as a shock absorber to protect that layer. That is really interesting. I really like that analogy that you used. It makes it a little bit easier to understand in not doctor terms, right? Yeah, if you love food, you can, you can you do a lot of things about me. Uh, so whenever you injure your meniscus, what happens? What well, happens so, to your knee? So the injury to a meniscus is pretty much a tear. So now imagine a pancake you have that looks like a donut. You have a tear, a little rent in it. That's a meniscus tear. And that pancake, you can tear it any ways you want. Just imagine you can tear it any way you want, different part of it. So if you have a tear in that pancake that is between the end of, you know, between your knuckles, it's a torn meniscus. And any tear in it is a torn meniscus. That's what it is. So you can tear that meniscus in different ways, either by injury, and actually you can tear it without actually doing a lot. So what are some of those injuries that could cause you to tear your meniscus? That's a good question. Now, uh, we're talking about old people when we started. So there are two kinds of meniscus tear you can have, okay? There's one we call a degenerative tear. And usually it's a tear that happens in older patients 
that they not do anything. You are not playing sport. You are getting out of your car. You are getting out of bed. And now your knee hurts. And at some point, you have a meniscus tear. That's happening. It's called degenerated tear. And then you have the kids that play football. Football season is coming. You are playing football. Somebody hit your knee. A big swollen knee. And you find out you have a meniscus tear. That is called a traumatic tear. This are, those are two different kinds of tears. So tears that happen with activities where you got an injury. And tears that happen because, well, you are kind of old. <laughs> Do those tears look any different between, like, say, a sports injury or an older person who wasn't doing anything and just tore it? Well, not necessarily. The, the tears sometimes can look the same. The, the thing that becomes important is how do you treat them. So, so if you have a 20-year-old who plays football or an 18-year-old high school kid that is playing football that hurt the meniscus while playing football, the age and the kind of tear they have, why they, you know, the way they develop that tear is important. And so the treatment is different. If you have me, I'm 46 years old, and I was just you know, eating bonbons, getting out of my bed, and, and I hurt my meniscus, the treatment that you get is also different. So, so the age and how you got a meniscus tear is very important. So what happens in your knee when your meniscus is damaged? How does that affect your knee and how you walk? And so, so a couple of things. One, the meniscus is, is a shock absorber. So you don't want to lose it, to be honest. You don't want, if you lose it, you lose that effect of shock absorber. Now, but if you have a tear, what happens? Well, it hurts. Now, why does it hurt? Well, if you have a tear in the meniscus, the meniscus tear itself is not the thing that is hurting. But the meniscus part of the part of the stone kind of flips and moves around. If it falls over, it hurts. If it flips in the different corner of your knee, it hurts. That's what most people have. So an older person that have a torn meniscus that come in with knee pain, it because that piece is flipping around. And those kind of symptoms are called mechanical symptoms. Feel like something has got stuck in your knee. Sometimes it stops hurting because it flipped back the way it needs to be, and then it moves again. We call them mechanical symptoms. In younger patients, when they have a tear, they also have similar pain, except that when you notice that they have a tear and it's a traumatic tear, again, the treatment is different. You want to treat that one a little different compared to the person that was just sitting around that had a tear. So um, are there any other signs and symptoms of a meniscus injury aside from just pain? Yes, yes. So, so besides pain, you can get swelling in the knee. So you have a torn meniscus, it hurts, but then your knee gets swollen. Sometimes it stops hurting, the swelling goes down, and it starts to hurt again, the knee gets swollen. So people can get swollen knee when you have a torn meniscus. Okay. So when you suspect that you might have a meniscus tear, should you go to your primary care doctor first? Should you go straight to an orthopedic doctor? What does that process kind of look like? If you're an older person and you suspect, now I don't know how you're going to suspect it, or you have knee pain, and you think maybe I have a meniscus tear without a specific injury, it's okay to see a primary care doctor. Uh, they can treat you. They can give you some medicine. The tear is not going to go away. If your pain gets better, sometimes you can ignore the tear, which is difficult to do. If you have a traumatic injury, if your high school player hurt your knee and is swollen and you suspect a meniscal tear, please don't wait. Come see us. Come see us. We're here. We have some of the best orthopedic surgeons in the world. You won't, you won't think so in a small town, but we have some of the quality orthopedic surgeons you can find here in uh, Phelps Hospital. So come see us. Don't keep your child home. Don't hope the knee is going to get better. Come see us. So whenever you do decide that you need to go to an orthopedic surgeon or a doctor to check out your meniscus, um, what does that appointment look like? How is it diagnosed? So the first thing you do, you come in there, we, um, you sit down, we ask you what happened. So a kid that was playing football, you should have remember what happened. I was you know, trying to block another person. Somebody hit my knee or I was running. My knee gave out. If you have such a story, the next thing, 
is an exam. And on the exam, there are places of the knee we can touch. How does the knee look? Is it swollen and things like that? Once you are suspicious that a patient has a torn meniscus, a young patient, you should get an MRI scan. That's a test that helps to see if you have a torn meniscus. Sometimes if you have a knee injury and you think you have a torn meniscus, sometimes it's not just a torn meniscus, especially for young patients that play sports. It might be a ligament in addition to your meniscus. So if that's why if your young child, your young football player, your young basketball player has a knee injury, you can't rub dirt on it. You need to come in so we can see it because mm-hmm. they might have a major injury that will affect them later in their life. Now, for an older person that has a torn meniscus, or at least that, is, that we suspect has a torn meniscus, it's not, it's not an emergency to come see an orthopedic surgeon right away. Mm-hmm. You, you, again, you can go to your primary care doctor, but if you're not satisfied and you need to see us come in, we can see you. And there are things we can do short of any kind of major complicated things to treat that meniscal tear. So what could happen if maybe a parent doesn't bring their child in and they do end up having a torn meniscus? What, how can that kind of affect their quality of life? So if you have a torn meniscus, if, if you're young and you have a torn meniscus, remember the meniscus is a shock absorber that protects the knee. If you tear a meniscus, there's times that it's possible you can repair that tear. If you sit around and you don't repair that tear and you have your child playing football on that tear all season, well, you can imagine you have a small tear in, your, in a piece of paper. And then you start squishing the paper and just tearing and tearing. Eventually, you can tear that paper into pieces that is almost impossible to put the pieces together. Mm-hmm. So if a young patient has, is, has a torn meniscus, it's better to be seen to make that diagnosis because you can fix the meniscus and it can heal. But if you have it torn into shreds, it's too damaged and it can't be healed. But if the patient is having pain after a torn meniscus, they may need surgery to get rid of the pain. But in this case, you can lose your meniscus. So a young patient that have a torn meniscus needs to be evaluated quicker than a, an older person that just suspects an, a, a torn meniscus because you want to re, be able to re, repair that meniscus. How do you decide if a patient needs surgery for their torn meniscus? Young patients almost always need surgery for a torn meniscus. Okay, so a young child that have a torn meniscus that is major, you need surgery to fix it so it doesn't get worse so you can save the meniscus. For an older person that has a torn meniscus that tries stuff that is non-surgical, but they keep getting that catching we talked about, you know, the knee feel that something is locked in it. They keep getting these swelling. That person tend to need surgery to help resolve the symptoms. So we've talked a lot about athletes who have torn meniscus. Maybe older people, they get out of bed after eating those bonbons, right? Um, are meniscal tears associated with any other injuries? So let's say that I'm somebody who's um, maybe a little bit older, um, midlife. I'm in my mid-40s. I get out of bed. I have this sharp pain in my knee. Could I only have torn my meniscus or are there other things that could be happening? So, so it, it, it is almost, it would be very, very unlikely to just get out of bed without an injury to have any other major injury to your knee in the presence of a torn meniscus. Mm-hmm. So most other patients that have torn meniscus is isolated. There's nothing else there. Mm-hmm. The other thing that is common though is people, there's a condition called arthritis. Everybody has heard about it. And people can have arthritis and have a torn meniscus. So you could have knee pain because you already started having arthritis and you also happen to tear your meniscus. Mm-hmm. But to have a major ligament or anything bad torn in your knee without an injury mm-hmm. is, is, a, is almost unheard. For those older patients who have a torn meniscus, is surgery always the best option? And if not, why? Not necessarily. So if you have a torn meniscus and your symptoms are manageable and you can handle it, you don't have to have surgery. Mm-hmm. Remember the meniscus is not going to heal itself. And, and, and the thing I said was that piece that is torn, sometimes can fold over and mm-hmm. can cause pain. 
There are some patients that have a tear that doesn't fold over and doesn't cause them pain. You can ignore it and live with it. If you're having these situations where the knee hurts, that means it's cause falls over and it hurts all the time, no matter what you do, then yeah, you need surgery to relieve your pain so you can live a, uh, a more, you know, functional life. So when um, the doctor and the patient decide that surgery is the best option, can you kind of kind of walk us through what that surgery looks like? Right. So we have two. So we have two people. So let's talk about the older person. So you have a two meniscus, a piece that flips back and forth that causes you pain. When you need surgery, get to the surgery. What we do most of the time is called partial meniscectomy. Big words. Don't worry about it. It just means that piece that is torn. We go in there and shave it out, and then smooth out the rest of the meniscus. That is called partial meniscectomy. It's, it's the most common surgery that, that is performed around the world. And once you shave that piece off and you smooth out the rest of it, people pain get better. All right, so that's it. Now, for, for a young patient that has a traumatic injury, that patient that was playing sport that tore their meniscus, we try everything we can to try to repair it. That's why it's important to bring your child in early instead of waiting so we can repair it because you don't want to lose it. There are, there are times, though, where the young person meniscus got torn into shreds that is not repairable, then they get the same thing. Mm -hmm. We shave out that part of the stone. It's always really, really rare to lose the entire meniscus. Usually it's just part of it that is stone that is either repairable or you have to take out a piece that is causing the pain. Can you live without a meniscus? Like, would you ever have to completely take out somebody's meniscus? Yeah, you don't want to lose the entire meniscus. Remember, it's a shock absorber for the end of the bone. The end of the bones, as we started, is covered with a layer. That layer is cushion. If you lose that layer, you have arthritis. And what we find out, if you lose your meniscus, you lose that shock absorber effect, and then it puts you on a path to develop knee arthritis. And you know, if you haven't heard, seen, heard somebody talk about knee arthritis, we talked about it a few weeks ago, it's pretty painful. And the only treatment for knee arthritis is an artificial knee, a knee replacement. Mm -hmm. So if you are young, you don't want to have a knee replacement because it's not a normal knee. That's why when you have a torn meniscus and you are young, it needs to be repaired. Now, if you are older and you have a torn meniscus without an injury, taking out a piece usually doesn't put you on a path too fast to get, get arthritis. There was a big study that was done years ago that showed that the more of the meniscus that you lose, the higher your chance of getting arthritis. So losing a small piece not necessary, doesn't necessarily put you on the path to get arthritis right away, but if you lose the whole thing, it increases your chance dramatically to develop arthritis within five years. What does recovery look like after a meniscus surgery? Is it a super long process? Um, depending on who's counting. <laughs> <laughs> so if you have a different, if you are an older person, you have a two meniscus, the surgery now, the way we do it nowadays, is I make two small poke holes in front of your knee putting very small instruments in the knee and then trim out that piece. So there are little tiny poke holes. The knee would be sore, but you don't have any restrictions. You can do anything you want. The knee will be sore. You can't go running right away because mm -hmm. it's going to be sore. So, so the, the recovery is pretty easy in that case. Now, if you're a laborer, you have to stand on your feet all day long. If you're a nurse who walks around all day long, it's going to be difficult to go, to go back right away. Mm -hmm. So most people that do a lot of walking jobs, you can get back to work about uh, six weeks. If you're somebody who sits around and types and things like that, you can go back whenever you want. It's just about the knee feeling better. Now, for an athlete that have a torn meniscus, that's different. Because in that case, we're not taking out the meniscus. We are repairing it. Mm -hmm. So you got to let it heal. In these cases, the kids get restrictions about how much weight you can put on it for at least six weeks. And then we progress the weight. And then eventually, by between three months, they, we start having them get back to sports. 
So an athlete I have a ton minutes because my need at least minimum three months to start getting back to sports. Okay, so I'm going to kind of back up just for a second. And um, so I know that somebody can receive a meniscal transplant. Is that something that's commonly done? How do you decide if you're going to do that or not? So, so meniscal transplant is, is the success rate of a meniscal transplant is pretty low. So the chance of having a meniscal transplant to work is low. Usually what we put in there is a cadaver. We find a young person who is like your age and take the meniscus and stuff it in there and then hopefully it heals. The, but the, the success rate is pretty low. Now if somebody, the, and the only time we do that is if you lose your whole meniscus. So you have to, you, you, you need a good exam, you need a lot of tests to make sure you still can use a meniscus. The interesting thing is if you have arthritis already, then you don't need a meniscus because the meniscus is to protect the knee from arthritis. So if you have arthritis and you lost your whole meniscus, you don't need it because you don't need it anymore. Now, if you have a normal knee, that young kid, 20-year-old, tore their whole meniscus for some reason, which is not that very common, and the whole meniscus is gone, and their knees is still normal, they don't have arthritis, yes, then they need a meniscal transplant. The recovery for that, that meniscal transplant can be up to a year. Oh, wow. So it's a big deal. So it's not small, and the success rate is not that good. That's why you don't want to lose your whole meniscus. That's why if your child, your young athlete has a torn meniscus, bring them in. Let's see them. Let's check them. Let's make a diagnosis so we can help them. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about long-term success rates for meniscus surgeries in general. Um, what are those success rates? Is it usually pretty successful? And if somebody does have to get that type of surgery, do they ever have to get it repaired? Kind of like a hip replacement, right? So you get a hip replacement, let's say really randomly in like your 20s or 30s. Um, at what point would you also have to get that replaced just for like normal wear and tear? So for meniscus surgery, so remember there are two kinds of patient population we are talking about. For the older patient that has a partial meniscectomy, you're done. You don't need any more meniscus surgery. Mm-hmm. Now remember, the whole meniscus is not out, so you still have it. Mm-hmm. So you can have another tear for some other reason, and you might need surgery to do that again and take another piece out. So so you can have, you know, but once you have a torn meniscus and that you have a meniscectomy, taking out that piece, you don't necessarily need any more surgery. You can live the rest of your life mm-hmm. and never need any knee surgery. If the meniscus is repaired in a young patient, the, the success rate of a, a meniscal repair healing varies. So this is a little complicated, but, 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 but you need to know it to, for it to make sense. The meniscus has different parts of it, mm-hmm. okay? It has different areas. And depending on what your tear is, if we repair it, the chance of that tear healing is different. So we tear in different parts of the meniscus and we repair it. For young people, we try to repair them, like I said. But, but for it to heal, depending on what the repair is, is different. So there are some kids who repair the meniscus and they get back and it re-tears because it never healed. And in our case, they might need a second surgery. Mm-hmm. And in, in most cases, we don't repair it for the second time. We just take out that piece because it didn't heal the first time. It's not going to heal again. Mm-hmm. But if you have a successful repair that healed, your knee should be fine. You shouldn't mm-hmm. need another surgery because you have one. So that's, a, that's completely different than, than a, a hip or a knee replacement. Mm-hmm. A knee replacement a hip replacement is metal and plastic. Those things can wear out and you have to have it done mm-hmm. again. This is your normal knee. It's almost you had a cut on your leg and I put yeah. stitches across it and it healed. Well, you're not going to need another surgery because you had a stitches in your leg because mm-hmm. it's healed. Same thing with the meniscus. If it heals, that's it. The knee is good. Go do your thing and, and be normal. 
Yeah, go back to sports, right? That, that's correct. That's correct. <laughs> so another question that I had kind of listening to you is the recovery period for um, meniscal-type surgeries can vary, right? Sometimes it takes people a little bit longer. If they're um, really gung-ho with their therapy, maybe it takes a little bit shorter. But what I really want to talk about is how important is physical thera- therapy and rehab to these types of surgeries, and why should people do that? So it's, it's very important. So in my, in my practice, most of my patients, I encourage them to go to therapy. Mm-hmm. And, and just just from the start, besides what else is done in the knee, when you have knee surgery, the most common thing that happens is the knee gets weak. The second thing that happens, the knee can get stiff. And that's what we need therapy for, to stop, to make that knee stronger and to prevent it from getting stiff. So all my patients that have knee surgery, for me, I encourage them to go to therapy. Now, the question is, how long do I do therapy? It's different for different people. Mm-hmm. There are some patients that can... Therapy is twice a week in most cases. You go to see a person, they're almost like a coach. They work with you, they give you stuff to do at home. If you did that stuff, your therapy might be a little shorter. But on an average, about six weeks of therapy. That's what most people do. And as for me personally, I recommend strongly that you go to therapy. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think it's really important too. I think I've told you this before. I tore my ACL whenever I was in college and um, I'm the kind of person, of course, naturally I was trying to walk like two days after surgery, it's just 2 a.m. But um, I actually finished uh, therapy and rehab early because I was so consistent in it. But I think um, a lot of people forget how important that part is. Yes, surgery itself is important. You need to have that repaired, but taking the time to retrain your knee or meniscus, whatever it is, is also really valuable. Absolutely essential. Absolutely essential. It's almost, I mean, think about it. You went to a dentist, you had some mm-hmm. dental carriers, they put, they fill them out. And you say, well, I already saw a dentist. I'm never brushing my teeth. You mm-hmm. can't do that. Yeah. You got to keep the teeth going. Same thing, you need hygiene for your knee. You need to work the knee. You got to make the knee stronger. So every time you have knee surgery, it's, it's important. Mm-hmm. It's very, very important to get a knee back to being strong. Mm-hmm. And the way to teach you to do that is to do therapy. Mm-hmm. The therapist will help you to guide you. And then once your sessions are over and you're back to quote unquote normal, I tell my patients, just treat the knee like the same way you brush your teeth. Train your knee, have the knee stay strong. It's mm-hmm. going to help you long term. Yes, yeah. One of the things I notice is that if I don't exercise X amount of days per week or stretch X amount of days per week, my knee still gets stiff. It still gets sore. That's correct. So completely to your point, after you're done with therapy, the, the work doesn't stop there. It should continue. You, you have to. You have mm-hmm. to. I call it knee hygiene. It's almost like brushing your teeth. You got to yep. treat your knees just like mm-hmm. you treat your teeth. You got to give it some time. So kind of, this is kind of going back to the beginning, but how can you prevent a meniscal tear like an athlete? Is there anything that they can do to stop that from happening or is it, it just going to happen? It, it, is, it is difficult. So, so it's an injury. In, in an athlete, usually it's an injury. Um, but, but knee injury overall, the prevention of knee injury is important. And one of the ways to prevent knee injury is to be ready for the season. You can't get off your couch and go play football. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to get ready for the season. The stronger your knee is, the stronger the muscles around your knee are, the lower the chance of having knee injury. In young girls that play sport, your knee has to be strong and your hips have to be strong. Mm-hmm. It decreases the chance of having knee injury. Uh, meniscus is just, meniscal injury is just one of the injuries you can have around your knee. There are a bunch of ligaments around the knee. There are a bunch of damage you can do to your knee if your knee is not ready to play sports. So the off-season is not off-season if you want to be an athlete. The off-season is when you get ready for the next season. So you can't say it's off-season, I'm going to sit on the couch and, and I'm going to you know, play video game all the time. Yes, it's okay to, to, to do fun things, but mm-hmm. you still got to be ready for the next season if you want to be an athlete. And if you do that consistently, the risk of having injury the next season it decreases. 
So Dr. Yulo, how can a patient make an appointment with you if they do decide that they, if they think that they have a torn meniscus or any other related injury? Oh, they, you, you can find us, just Google Phelps Health. <laughs> you can find us everywhere. Here, here in this community, again, we, we, our, our hospital have a good reputation. We, we have mm -hmm. every single person in our practice is fellowship trained. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's board certified. What does fellowship train mean? Let's talk so, about that. So fellowship train, so, so they asked me earlier, but, but so when you go to medical school, so the way we, to be a doctor, you got to go through a bunch of schooling. So you got undergraduate and get a degree, and then when you finish, you got to go to medical school, which is four years mm -hmm. of training. And then when you finish, you got to go to orthopedic training, which is five years. Mm -hmm. And then once you finish with orthopedic training, and every single person in our hospital have done that, mm -hmm. you can decide to do an extra year of training. Just to be a specialist, like I'm the I'm the person that knows this thing compared to anybody else. That's what a fellowship is. So you do that year, mm -hmm. and all you do is you focus on one thing. In my case, my fellowship was in sports medicine. Mm -hmm. So I take care of athletes that play sports that get injured, whether it's your shoulder, your knees, your hips. Mm -hmm. That's what I do. So that whole year, you take and keep studying and keep studying and keep doing surgeries over and over and over and over. So when you finish, they sign up, you get a, a paper that says, Yes, you've done this year, extra year. In all the orthopedic stuff, you also have this extra qualification. Mm -hmm. I did my University of, of, of Kentucky. So I took it to University of Kentucky basketball. Mm -hmm. If you don't know University of Kentucky basketball, just Google it. You know, <laughs> we took care of those kids. We took care of all their sports. So when they have injuries, we took care of them. And that gives you extra, you know, it, it just gives you an extra edge to take care of people. That's what mm -hmm. a fellowship is. Yep, that's perfect. Well, Dr. Yulo, you are always a wealth of knowledge, and we super enjoy having you on our show. So thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. And, and uh, as always, uh, Fels Health is a great place. Mm -hmm. If you ever need to see a doctor, just come see us. We are always willing to, we are open to see you. We have great doctors. We are all both satisfied. Thank you. Yes, definitely. We have been speaking today with Sylv Sylvester Yulo, an orthopedic surgeon at Phelps Health. Thank you for being here today. If you missed part of the show or would like to listen to it again, please visit phelpshealth.org.